Never gonna give you up. Never gonna let you down. Never gonna run. Let desert you. Oops. Whatever that was. Hi guys. Hello. Welcome to Suspiria True Crime Podcast. Did you miss us? I know you missed us because you love us. I am Stephanie, and today I have a very special guest. Guest, say something. <laughs> it's, it's me. Your favorite guest of all time. It's Sam. <laughs> so, yeah, guys, it's been a while, and I've seen your DMs. We've seen your DMs, and we have not been neglecting you on purpose, okay? Things happen. Life happens. Shit happens. We're back. That's all that matters. So enjoy our presence while it lasts. I'm just kidding. It's going to last a long time. Look, everyone um, needs a vacation. Yes. Well, no, but they're going to see that like they're going to see that we uploaded episodes on our other podcast and they're going to think, oh, what happened to Suspiria? <laughs> Nothing happened, guys. It's just, you know, just it. You know, let's pretend Suspiria had a baby and it was recovering from from the birth. Suspiria is in its stages of postpartum. Exactly. So, yes, that's where we are right now. Suspiria's baby is teething. Exactly. What's the name of our baby? Suspirita. Suspirita, yes. That's a great name. And uh, he or she is beautiful. And it, it it wears bows and bow ties. Yeah, at the same time. At the same time. Because um, it's a gift. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. So today we're going to discuss a very gruesome crime. Well, a very oh. gruesome number of crimes. And I enlisted Sam's help because I felt like it. And if you don't like it, well, you can see yourself out the door. Um, they like to give me the real, the real person ones, huh? Exactly. So, what are we talking about today? Ooh, today we are talking about the case, the tragedy of Pedro Macara. Ooh. Ooh. And the tale, tale of two somethings. Two something. <laughs> the tale of two something. That's that should be the name of your podcast. That the should be the t- 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 by the end by the end of this podcast and by the time we get to the twist ending, that that will be kind of relevant. Taylor do something. True. That's very true. So hang in there until the end. So the sources for this were obviously Wikipedia, because are you kidding me? Uh, Rolling Stone, Peru.com, La Republica newspaper, La Prensa newspaper, Punto Final news show, Debate newspaper, and Diario Correo. Oh, check out that beautiful accent. Anyway, so yeah, we're talking about one of the, if not the, most prolific serial killers in Peruvian history. His name, Pedro Pablo Nakara Ludeña. Ludeña. Also known as, read that, Sam. El Apostol de la Muerte, a.k.a. 
Ooh. Ooh. Oh my god. Let's play some Slayer in the background. No, we're not. Cause yeah. that's oh be my gosh. You know what? Like an, oh, what? that and I just very politically incorrect. I was like, no, let's play that one. That's like like bodies. So Pedro Pablo Nakara Ludenia, sometimes credited as Pedro Pablo Macias Ludenia, was born on February 28, 1973, to Jose and Maria in El, El Agustino, Lima. No, El Agustino, Lima, Peru. Lima is the city. His family's financial situation isn't very well known, but like many serial killers, his childhood was plagued with allegations of abuse. His older sisters would dress him up as a girl and force him to go out on the street like that, where people would publicly mock him with his sister's full support. So it's like Cinderella's evil stepsisters. Well, and I kind of remind, when I was like reading through the story, it really reminded me of that, spoiler alert, okay, if you've never seen Sleepaway Camp, skip the next 30 seconds. But uh, that <laughs> movie, Sleepaway Camp, uh, basically the killer of the movie, and this is such a before its time movie, I think, um, uh, is a is a, a young boy who's made by his aunt to dress as a woman, um, and she just adapted into a woman and became Angela. Um, so the whole movie, you think of this young, timid girl, Angela. Oh, I remember that movie. Victim, yeah. And yeah. then at the end, you end up finding out that you know psychologically, she was just by this point, she was you know identifying as a female, but she was just you know it wasn't by choice. She just was so fucked up. She killed a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, fell in love with this boy, and she killed the boy, and it was just crazy, and the screen at the end really got me, and it was just, that's what it reminded me of a little bit. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of, not a lot, but, like, quite a few serial killers have gone through things like this, but, like, mo- more like their moms wanted them to be girls. Yeah. Or their moms had, like, I feel like uh, mothers who have mental illnesses or are abusive tend to have a, I mean, obviously this isn't statistical, but like a worse effect than men, than fathers do, maybe check this out, but it's my opinion. I've noticed that like serial killers that have the fucked up mom tend to be the more fucked up serial killer. Yeah. A lot of serial killers have mommy issues too. Yeah, they have like real mommy issues. Yeah. Anyway, so... Yeah. He also uh, states that he was bullied at school where the kids were mean to him and pulled his hair all the time. Listen, kids made me sit on gum constantly, especially on the bus. So, yeah, there's that. Um, yeah. He was very lonely and didn't really have friends. At home, he also had to deal with an alcoholic father who abu- physically abused his mother. Pedro was known as a submissive, shy, and quiet boy who unleashed all his anger upon animals by torturing or killing cats and other small creatures. And some even alleged that he painted himself with the blood of the animals. So this little boy, this little boy needs a lot of therapy. Yes. Because of his troubled childhood, Pedro would go on to state the following about his family. They're evil. My family's evil. My parents always fought. They insulted each other a lot. Ever since I was a little boy, there were nine siblings. I'm the third of them. They bothered me. My dad hit my mother a lot. I would run away but come back under the cover of darkness so that my dad wouldn't hit me with a cable. 
I'd come back because I had no food to eat. My siblings and I were raised apart. One would stay with an uncle, another with an aunt, and so on. My sister raped me. She was older. My brother forced me to give him oral sex. I was six years old. Are there people who don't believe in me? I don't forget what I've been through. That is rough. Yeah. Rough. And like obviously, like we're we're not gonna sit here and be like, oh yeah, he's making excuses because yeah, this serial killer. But like, hurt people, hurt people. Exactly. And sometimes, sometimes I feel like you know that there's an extreme to that, but this is like the definition. But I would say the worst of the abuse allegedly happened when Beto was four years old, and his brothers accused him of killing a pregnant dog eating a house pet. The punishment for that, they raped him. About that, Beto stated, "I hate gay men." He actually used an awful slur, which we shall not repeat. When I was a boy, my brothers raped me because they believed I killed a dog that we owned who was pregnant. I swear I didn't do anything to that animal. The alleged gang rape was used to justify Pueblo's blatant homophobia in later years. Obviously, as we have discussed here many, many times, being abused as a child does not mean that one would grow up to abuse others, let alone become a serial killer. However, it wouldn't feel right for us to not include this testimony from Pedro as it came straight from his mouth. And it really, I mean, realistically, it probably did contribute to a lot of um, the way that he went about things. I think mm-hmm. maybe there was just something, there was a seed there, and I think it was watered by everything that happened to him. You know, yeah. You can't go through stuff like that, especially repeatedly. And, um, like, like almost every person that he encountered, not just adults, but, you know, even children, um, yeah. him. like his siblings, yeah. of all people. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. I can't imagine I, my sister's doing something like this to exactly. me. Exactly. Like, and you know what tripped me out that I, that I didn't pay attention to until, uh, you mentioned it right now, that he's the third of nine. Mm-hmm. So he's not even, like, on the bottom of the barrel. He's actually one of the older ones. And mm-hmm. he's still, like... You know, that's, that's yeah. crazy. So, Pedro would go on to allege that his mother was a bipolar and would switch up moods on him with the people from the blink of an eye. The subject of mental illness is quite important when it comes to telling the tale of horrors created by Pedro since his half-sister on his mother's side was diagnosed schizophrenic and spent some time in the Valdivian Hospital. His other sister, Ana Cecilia, was clinically depressed and ended up committing suicide. And his mother's half-sister was also mentally ill and had been admitted to the run. Valdivian Hospital as well. So it's possible that there was something genetically wrong with Pedro from the get-go. And I'm sure there was. I mean, just, we just had such yeah. a history of mental illness. And yeah, and like, what are the odds of you having like all these people in your family? And like, you, the yeah. cycle, are the one that doesn't have... Like, <laughs> yeah, like you're, you're the singular one that's used Yeah. You know. So, <clears throat> he dropped out of school after completing the third grade which, all right, I'm not going to judge. But he would grow up to become a fairly decent mechanic, even though he never went to school for it. Many news outlets would credit him as being part of the Peruvian Air Force, but this has been dismissed as a lie fabricated by the killer himself when speaking to the press. It is known, however, that he volunteered at the Peruvian Army in 1990 at age 17, and according to his friend and neighbor, Victor Gennaro <laughs> Nakamura Solis, Pedro aspired to reach a position of power so that he could, quote, exterminate the enemies of God. 
However, his plan did not work, and he was only there for a couple of months after military psychiatrists thoroughly examined him because they heard rumors that Pedro heard the voice of God and that he believed all sinners should die. So the psychoanalysis showed that he had psychopathic tendencies and that he was danger to the public. Giving him access to guns was just going to turn him into something even more dangerous. Which, like, for once... The army does something useful. Yeah. <laughs> what's so crazy is that, like, you know how, like, like some people are like, oh, I have both because it's going to be And, you know, in some cases, you can tell you could, you could, maybe that is what's going on. Like, with him, I don't know. Like, he mm-hmm. could very well have been hearing voices after, you know, with such a heavy history. Yeah. I'm just glad they well, they were like, oh, no, dude, we like cycles here, but you're a little too psycho. You're a bit much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're a bit much for us. So, <laughs> according to one of his cousins, Pedro wanted to kill himself after he got kicked out of the army. It took almost an entire year for him to recover. He allegedly killed his first victim right afterwards, although there's no confirmation that this indeed happened. The victim was a farm worker who had caught him stealing watermelons. Of all things, he's stealing watermelons. Pedro confessed to said murder, so he confessed to it, but there's like no proof that he actually did it. By that, do you mean like that there's no, they didn't find a body? They didn't find a body, and like uh, this farm worker who's like unnamed, like he was never like reported missing so it's like it's it's like the farm worker never existed but like the person could have existed looking especially working a farm but yeah because like people i don't know how it is in peru but like in brazil like still to this day like a lot of people are just like invisible you know what i mean just because of the type of job that they hold well then i think about that too like how many um like undocumented people yeah exactly like that, you know just disappear or something yeah and, you know there's and no one knows body. yeah yes yeah. so pedro killed his victims with nine millimeter pistols with silencers that he made all by himself and he said he learned it on the internet using shoes that he bought for that sole purpose well that i feel like that's a pun <laughs> no that was not but wow <laughs> <laughs> it is now it is now. Oh my god. This is terrible. This <laughs> is making light of this terrible situation. But anyway. Listen, at least we're making fun of the killer and not. Yeah, the, the killer. Yeah. Although I did sing that the body's with the blood. It's okay. Carol <laughs> sang This Girl's on Fire when we were talking about a fire in a circus where kids <laughs> died. And I will never let her forget about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I still think that we need to do a drunk episode because nobody yes. and I mean nobody on God's green earth is a better drunk than Carol. Yes, that's true. No, but we need to find God, we're deviating from the subject, but we'll be yes. back in one second. But we need to find like <laughs> an easy case to remember. And yeah. then we can just do it. Well that's what I'm saying. We could do something simple. Like I know she Carol, we are gonna do Selena whether you like it or not. So Selena could be the drunk episode. I'm okay with yeah, that. Yeah, let's do Yeah. Perfect. Done. Okay. we've agreed the majority and I'm not pregnant anymore. Carol so yeah, your opinion doesn't matter the first of his known victims was Carlos Edilberto Merino Aguilar 26 years old who was in the Chorrito de Chanacay beach 
at around 6 p.m. on January 1, 2005, when he was shot in the chest and abdomen. According to Pedro, he shot Carlos because he thought the man was going to rob him, although it's more likely that Pedro took Carlos' money after two. So on May 31st, 2006, at around 2 a.m. near the Prolongacion Morales and Bermuda Street, police found the body of Teresa Cotrina Abad, who was 50, year old, 50 years old. The autopsy reports determined that she had died from a brain injury caused by a bullet. When asked why he had killed Teresa, Pedro stated that he had found her smoking drugs, and when he walked by her, he asked myself, why is this woman alive? And then I shot her twice in the head. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a great motive to kill someone. Like, right? I, I just look at you. I'm like, oh, why are you here? For what? Oh, dead. What is this for? You know what I mean, like, can you imagine thinking that you have that much power over somebody's life? Yeah, exactly. Oh, like, what is wrong that's with you? Scary. Yeah. He's like, no, not this one. Mm-mm, not today. Not you. So the third victim was 44 year old Walter Sandoval Osorio. He walked into the emergency room of the. These are rough. Ural Dicho? Mm-hmm. I think so. Ural, uh, yeah, I think. Uh, again, I apologize in advance if I'm missing anything, but I speak a not so good a Spanish. So this Peruvian She speaks Mexicano. <laughs> I speak a Mexican. <laughs> As I say it in an Italian accent, we speak a Mexican. Yes, it's a Mario. <laughs> it's a Mario, and I speak a Dicho. Okay, so... um. Again, the third victim was 44-year-old Walter Sandoval Osorio, and he walked into the emergency room of the Uralicho Regional Hospital on July 20th, 2006, at around 7.40. Shortly before that, Pedro had shot him in the head. The reason? He said Walter was a criminal. This would later be confirmed by police records, so Pedro was right about that one thing, at least. Walter died shortly after arriving at the ER. But, like, you were not a cop, so why the fuck yeah. did you care? <laughs> and I mean, like, I mean, you did just shoot, like, three other people, so can we, like, you know... False equivalency? Like... Yeah. Like, why Ooh, do you, like, go, join the police then if you want to kill people. Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, jeez. I mean, not that every policeman or woman kills people, but you know what I mean? If he's, like, yeah. going all Dexter, like, oh, oh I'm going to kill yeah. all the criminals, like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. So, police officers of the Guaral police station found the body of Gerardo Leonardo Cruz Libia, 30 years old, submerged in a well on August 8, 2006 at around 8.30 a.m. He, too, suffered a brain injury due to a shot in the head. The well was... Hold on. Let me just make sure my thing is recording. Yes, it is. Um, Let me point out, though. I feel like you're getting all the easy names. (laughs) It's fair, because you're the Spanish speaker, so you need to show your skills. Um, (laughs) The well was nearby what was previously the Jesus del Valle farm, approximately 300 meters from the road between Huaral and Lima. According to investigators, Pedro killed Gerardo to prevent him from snitching on him for a previous larceny, since they had both stolen cards on January January 28, 2004, not cards, cars, and on January 28, 2004, had killed a driver in order to steal his car. According to Pedro, he wanted to leave the dishonest business behind, and since he was pressured by Gerardo, he had no choice but to kill him. Oh, jeez. You could just leave him alone. Yeah. Oh, 
or just stop doing bad things, I feel like they're not going to be like, hey. Or just like change your number. Change your number. Yeah. won't reach you. Yeah. So on August 18th, 2006, at around 10 a.m., police officers found the body of Carlos Walter Tarazona Toledo, who was 21, in a drain ditch with, you guessed it, brain injuries caused by a gun. The ditch was in the vicinity of San Carlos Lotizadora in Los Naturales, which is also part of Huaral. Pedro alleged that he killed him because he'd seen him smoking drugs, which, like, mind your fucking business. Mm. Um, this is, however, disputed by Carlos's mother, a former member of the Peruvian army, who told reporters in a tearful interview that her son worked, uh, worked as a market security guard and he was a quiet boy, and that can be corroborated by all the neighbors in the Urbanización Bautista, which is, like, where he lived. I think that's so sucky that he has to, like, validate all of his feelings. Like, why do you, why, what are you trying to, like, come out clean, looking good for? You made a movie. I just don't understand. And, like, just dragging people's name through the mud for no reason. Yeah, yeah. Just admit that you're an asshole. Yeah. So the body of 15-year-old Maria Veronica Tolentino Pacelo was found by police officers on August 19, 2006 at 8 p.m. in the immediate vicinity of the entrance road to the Humble Lucio Town Center in the district of Bayon. As you would expect, she too was shot with a 9mm bullet to the head. However, unlike previously, Pedro had left his Taurus semi-automatic pistol at the crime scene, right next to Maria's bicycle. This is the only victim that Pedro does not believe was justified, quote-unquote, as he does not think she deserved to die and did not know she was a minor. He had gone to Santa Rosa to kill Pothead, and once he saw someone coming his way, he shot twice and felt absolutely terrible upon approaching the body and realizing it was a teenager. Which, I don't know that I believe that. I think that's just probably one of the ones that he would have been most villainized for, and he yeah. to feel the most bad for. Exactly. Um, because I don't think he had remorse for any of these, but So despite that, he attempted to steal her bike, Jesus, but didn't do it because one of the tires was blown out. Well, what an Which, like, you either feel bad for killing her or you steal her bike. You can't... Or even at that, like, why do you think it's blown out? You probably shot it, asshole. Like, are you kidding <laughs> yeah. me? Like, like, how are you going to sit here and say, oh, I feel yeah. bad for killing this girl, but let me just steal her bike? Yeah, and then, like, the, the inconvenience of having a, a <laughs> flat tire in the process. God. Okay, so on November 18, 2006, at 6.20 p.m., Guaral police found the body of Hugo Vilches Palomino in the vicinity of a place known as Old Road to High Hope. And from now on, we're only going to mention an injury if it isn't a brain injury caused by a bullet, so as to not keep saying them over and over again. Investigators later found out that Hugo owned a vehicle pistol, a cell phone, and a Sony Discman, all of which were stolen. This time, Pedro had committed the crime with brothers Romano and Jose Luis Siracio, Siraco? Siraco. Something. The first confessed to receive Cersei's. Uh, the first <laughs> confessed to receiving the cell phone and Discman as payment for his involvement in the crime. Jeez. According to the confessions of this is how the crime went down. Hugo was riding a bike. Pedro and the brothers were on a motorcycle. Which, can we just talk about three adult men on a motorcycle? I mean, I feel like that's like a <laughs> Like, how? I, I want to know the layout of this motorcycle, right? Like, 
I mean, How? I picture like those bikes that have the extra seats in the back, and like you know. No, I don't think so. You know what I'm picturing? Pedro was like the pilot. Uh And then the brothers are like sitting on each other's lap. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, don't fuck with us. (laughs) Riding around all like. Exactly. Oh, Oh, man, that's good. So uh, when the two vehicles lined up, Pedro told the brothers to stop and shot Hugo in the head. He got closer, took Hugo's gun, and gave his cell phone and discman to Roman Juan. The brothers then took an, uh, other objects that were on the victim, and then the three hopped back onto the motorcycle, leaving Hugo behind with bike. The motive, according to Pedro, Hugo was hitting on his woman. So the only known woman in Pedro's life was a nurse he had been on a few dates. So it really wasn't anything serious enough to be like, And it was probably bullshitting. He just like felt like killing this poor guy. And yeah. Like, well, and like, even just that, talk like, about like you getting paid to to kill someone. It's a cell phone and a disc man. How desperate yeah. are you? How in two thousand six? That's ridiculous. And again, is that even a good enough reason to kill somebody? No. Nope. You just. I feel all. like he goes through like a list of like things bad people do, and he's like, okay, I'm just gonna assign each one of these things to different even if you don't do it now you're gonna be the thief i said you're the thief now you're the thief so you can die um so on the afternoon of november 22nd 2006 police found the bodies of luis enrique moran cervantes 32 pedro omar carrera carrera 24 which is like one of my favorite thing about um Again, if you're offended by the word Hispanic, forgive me. But one of my favorite things about Hispanic names is I see, like, stuff like that all the time. Carrera, Carrera, blah, 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 blah. Like, the same last name. There's this famous actor. uh, If you've ever seen that movie, 187, he's, um, I think he plays this character named Cesar. But his name is Clifton Gonzalez Gonzalez. Yeah, I love that. I I think it's so cool. Anyway, and the last person was Enoch Eliseo Felix Zorilla, uh, who was 22. The first one, the older guy, was a cab driver, and the other two were his passengers. They were found in La Pampa de la Huaca, and Pedro stole the car. He stated that he had committed these murders because the three men were robbers who used the cab to commit their crimes and that he had witnessed several of these robberies and was hunting them down before killing all three men himself by shooting them in the head. Like, Which, like, if you've witnessed all of this, you're just going to call yeah. the police. Yeah, that or, like, like, if you're witnessing it, do something in a moment. Like, why are you... Exactly. You know what I mean? You're not Batman. What is... Maybe he thinks he's Batman. Uh, or he thinks he's Super Sam from uh, Chapulín, Colorado. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so, um, 42-year-old cosmetologist, Widmar, Widmar? How do you say that? Widmar? Widmar? Jesus Muñoz Villanueva was an openly gay man who worked in the... Jusea Barbershop, where besides cutting hair, he was also a sex worker. He unfortunately infected several of his clients since he was HIV positive. 
On uh, November 19th, 2006, at 6 p.m., Pedro entered the barbershop. He had heard rumors that Widmar was a homosexual and a sex worker, but he didn't want to kill him unless he was sure of it. According to Pedro himself, this is like straight from Pedro's mouth, I found out that the cosmetology that worked there was gay, had HIV, and was also a sex worker. I asked him to service me sexually. When he dropped his pants, I shot him three times to the back of the head. In addition to killing Widmar, Pedro also took approximately $541 before fleeing. Oh I think it's so interesting yeah. that he's like, no, you know, I'm going to stop these criminals, but then he commits a you know, robbery almost every single time. Exactly, because like he has like he clearly has a lot of free time, so he's not working. So yeah. who is feeding him? So on December tenth, two thousand six, at nine thirty p.m., Pedro orchestrated a robbery with Roman Coel and his other brother, Percy Marcial. The victim was Nel Cajelon Paugelo, who they tricked into going to the vicinity of Centro Poblado de Fuz. Sacachispa, where Pedro shot him in the head and then dumped the body 200 meters away where Hugo's body was found. On December 17, 2006, teacher Nazario Julian Tamaris Perez, 24, and Didier Jesus Zapata Bulando, 26, walked around the vicinity of a water canal in the Listen, I do not understand why I am the one getting all of these damn <laughs> words. Yours is like, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's it. And mine is like, Tamari's <laughs> not like, stop it. Okay. Urbanization. Urbanization. That's what you're getting. It was around 6 p.m. and the couple enjoyed a calm walk when all of a sudden Pedro showed up. He says that, in his own words, I killed the teachers. They walked around the canal holding hands, caressing each other like a couple in love. And since I am the purifier of the earth, I didn't have another choice but to kill them because homosexuals damage society. Uh, he told this to La Prensa while moving back and forth in his cell. Pedro was extremely cruel in his murder, since after he shot one of the teachers in the head twice, the other one begged that he spare his life. This seems to have filled the fire within Pedro, and he shot him twice in the head as well. He then went on to steal their shoes and money, taking approximately only thirty-six dollars. That's terrible. Which, like, can you imagine? Like, you're walking around with your boyfriend or your significant other, and then this random ass dude jumps out of nowhere, and he's like, "Oh yeah, you're gonna die because I don't like this." He's like the Peruvian Zodiac. Yeah, in a way, we'll yeah. We'll bet. We'll bet. That's Apple. that's that's a good point. I hadn't thought yeah. about that. It's close to it. I mean, maybe not like stop, but close. But like with Zodiac, I feel like we didn't. Well, with this guy, we know his motives. But like with Zodiac, I feel like it was more random and like. I feel like he likes there's a to fucking talk siren going off. <laughs> I feel like the Zodiac like to talk to police, but I their their methods I feel are very similar. Like couples, yeah. people who are by themselves. Like it didn't really matter. Like there wasn't yeah. um, uh, one type of person that he liked to kill. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I really don't think that that fifteen year old that he had any remorse for, for that. Yeah, I don't think so either. 
So, two alcoholic friends, Agustin Andres Maguinha Oropesa, 46, and Luis Malgarejo Sainz, 54, were known for going to an open field known as the Lotizadora San Carlos. So they used to hang out at that place. Um, and, the, on, and then on December 24, 2006, Christmas Eve at 8 p.m., Pedro shot them over the head. According to the testimony, he killed them because they had witnessed a previous crime. Despite all of this, Pedro would paint himself as the hero to the press, stating the following about the double homicide. I kill people so that they don't go on suffering. For example, I investigated the two alcoholics for more than a month, and when I figured out that they, where they hid themselves, I got my gun ready so that with a single shot, they could rest with the peace of God. Yeah. What, a, what a superhero. What a, what, what what a great, what a stand-up guy. Exactly. So the last victim whose death we have the details on is Nicolas Tolentino Purisaca, who was helped by officers of the Huara police on December 27, 2006, at around 7.30 p.m. They transported him to the Cayetano Heredia Hospital. Although he could walk, blood was flowing out of his head, and he ended up passing away. Three years prior, he had stolen money and personal belongings from Pedro, who shot him shortly before he was found by the police. According to Pedro's confession, Nicolas smoked drugs and was a thief who had stolen from him and others, so he had no choice, again, but to cleanse the earth from the trash that he represented. I wonder if there are any like statements, like witness statements or um victims that like lived for a short while before um, their passing ever said like if he said that stuff to them like if he was trying to tell them like i'm gonna cleanse you like you don't deserve to live or anything like that like i wonder what his demeanor was during murders versus how he presented himself to the press i feel like while he was murdering people he wasn't like saying it he was just like boom 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 you know what i mean and then like to the press is like, well, no, let me tell you yeah. about my hero actions or whatever. Ooh. Although Pedro confessed to killing 25 people, the official number of victims is between 15 and 18. He supposedly had a list of people who he killed and alleged that it was a long, long list. Pedro was arrested after a series of testimonies on the night of December 28, 2006. At first, police officers weren't very sure that he was the perpetrator, but once they approached him, he pulled a gun on them and started shooting. Once he su- once he was subdued, Pedro stated that the police were mistaken and that he had killed 25 people, but that his mission was to rid the world of human waste. He stated that God had given him that role. Throughout his trial in the beginning of 2007, 2007 Pedro underwent several psychiatric exams. Doctors couldn't tell whether he was crazy or not, but the final verdict was that he did not know right from wrong and he was not schizophrenic. Oh no, that he did know right from wrong, I apologize. So the final verdict was that he did know right from wrong, which, which takes me back to, like, whether or not I believe that he heard voices. I think he knew so much about mental illness that he knew how to manipulate what to say to people. Yeah. So to me, yeah. I think it just, like, it's his psychotic tendencies, but his, you know, probably, it sounds like he has some narcissism. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm not here to diagnose, but I think, you know, he doesn't seem like he was manipulated by um, voices in his head. Uh, because of that, he was sentenced to 35 years in prison for the murder of 17 people. 
which is the maximum sentence. For him, going to prison was real torture. He would quite literally rather die than be in prison, so he attempted to kill himself on the first night he spent in prison by hitting his head against the walls. The type of determination is scary. <laughs> yes. Jeez. Um, when asked about that, he stated, um, I hear my parents' voices and an evil voice that tells me to kill all the corrupt people like homosexuals, thugs, alcoholics, and gays. But I can't fulfill my God-given mission since they've arrested me. Now I hear those voices that tell me I need to kill myself. Which no one would miss you, but... I mean... I mean, if you want to rid the world of evil... Yeah, start start by killing yourself. <laughs> you were you kept listening to those voices. Don't stop now. Exactly. After the failed attempt at committing suicide, Feather was put on suicide watch until 2009, when the justice system decided in his favor. When previous psychological evaluations questioned with the most recent developments, it was determined that he was a paranoid schizophrenic. His sentence was irrevocable, but he was transferred to a criminal psychiatric hospital. Peruvians understandably would rather have him stay in the hospital for as long as possible, seeing as he admittedly stated he would follow through with his mission once he was out. Yep. So, according to Pedro himself, quote, I am not a criminal. I'm a cleaner. I have freed society from homosexuals and vagrants. I'm just trying to purify the land of prostitutes, drug addicts, homosexuals, and assailants. I killed 25 people to clean the world of scum. Yes, I killed them. They are evil people. They took themselves out. It was a long list and they took themselves out. What do I feel when I kill? I feel that I help. For what? For people to change. For the world to change. I want there to be peace. This is crap. That's why I'm like that. Damn it. I like how many questions he asks himself. <laughs> yeah, he's like, what? 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 So for what? Am I doing this right? (laughs) Are you following me? Yeah. Okay, Sam, you can close this out on a very interesting note. On a very dramatic note now. Yes. For a plot twist. Are you ready for this plot twist? And this is where I tell you, this is a tale of two things. (laughs) Yes. So, in September of 2015, police arrested 30-year-olds Byron Jonathan Nakada Nudenia, a Peruvian national who spent 10 years as a drifter in Japan. His name might sound familiar because he is the brother of Pedro. He was taken in for questioning after trespassing and escaped when police let him out for a smoke. What did he do next? He went on a killing spree. He stabbed a middle-aged couple, an 84-year-old woman and a 41-year-old woman, and her two daughters, aged 7 and 10. And he hid some of the bodies in a closet, stole a car, 9,000 yen, and ran for his life. While police chased him, he stabbed himself in the face. He stabbed himself in the face. Let that sink in. When asked to surrender, he attempted yes. to kill himself by slashing his wrists and jumping out of a second floor window. Again, the determination of this family to kill themselves. Yes. In court, he stated that he had no memory of the killings. <laughs> but that didn't really stick. It's shocking. To, like, That's as far as we know about the same that case. Family. Not I mean, to mention like, all the like people with like crazy mental illness in this family. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Well, and then they, the mom's sister had committed suicide as well, right? So, like, yeah, the amount of suicide and attempted suicide. And his sister, life. and one of his sisters, too. So it yeah. was his aunt and one of his sisters. 
And they do not like to face toxic. What is in this woman's breast milk? That's what I want to know. No. I'll tell you what's in mine. I'm not a hush. <laughs> oh my god. This reminds me of when I was little and my um, cousin was breastfeeding. And um, like, because I used to drink strawberry. Um, what's that thing called? Nesquik? Yeah. Yeah the strawberry one and then her daughter used to drink the chocolate one so she would be like oh you guys one tastes like strawberry and the other one tastes like chocolate why don't you try just because her boobs were like so full of milk she wanted so much like get rid of the milk and i was like i'm not doing that that's disgusting i was like five i'm like no that's gross put your boobs like, away you free <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah like what are you doing man please don't <laughs> She's like, she could have just like hand expressed it out. She's like, look, guys, exactly, like cotton candy. Try it out. Yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, why, why didn't you guys try this? I'm like, I think I'm all set. Oh no thanks. I can't even like the thought of my own kind of. I wouldn't. I feel bad for them. Do you guys also do that thing when like the when the little baby's eyes are like sort of like stuck together you pour a little bit of breast milk to like yes i actually just did that um, <laughs> like i think it was like three weeks ago ariana um had a what we thought she was getting pink eye and her eye every morning mm-hmm. was like shut and it was starting to get really red mm-hmm. so i put milk in her eye three times it just took three times to me uh, i would do it in the afternoon and i and then i did one in the morning and it was gone but See, I'm not saying it works. I mean, I think it was you. Oh, my hot cheeto breast It's so funny because people are like, don't eat spicy. Like, I see people say, like, don't eat spicy food. No, but imagine if your breast milk tasted like hot Cheetos. Oh, and then your God. baby's just I like, mm, I love this. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Like, poor baby, like, she probably, because, like, there's, like, like, I've read conflicting things, obviously, not, like, people can say, but we'll say that, like, certain foods affect your milk, but I hear that spicy food really doesn't affect it as much as people thought it did. So, when I heard that, I was like, great, I just started eating, like, habanero straight. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, this is what I was waiting for. These are the news that I wanted to hear. Thank you very much, whoever published this. Thank you. Yeah, it was like like not even like an onion article or something. Like that one. No, like I told myself that um, if I ever decide to have kids, I want to like go vegetarian for like six months before I have my kid, just so like I actually don't eat crap all the time. But like I'm on a diet right now, guys. I'm sorry if this is triggering to anyone. I'm not gonna go into a lot of detail about my diet chill out but like i'm miserable as it is and i'm only on this diet for six weeks so can you imagine like six months of this i would die because like i feel like being pregnant is the perfect opportunity for you to eat whatever the fuck you want and then if people criticize you i mean just so everybody knows you're not starving no i'm not I'm just eating healthy food. But I'm like, I love bread. She's not starting with that. And her food actually does look very good. 
But if you have to look at like a plate of, you know, chicken. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm not like. Exactly. Yeah. Like if I could, I would only, honestly, if I could only eat one type of food for the rest of my life, it would be pasta because you can make pasta so many different ways. And I fucking love pasta. And like, I want to be buried in a coffin full of spaghetti. I feel like if I could only eat one type of food, it would be Oh yeah! Oh yeah! No, I know what you're talking about. I think it's bubblegum shrimp. Yeah. No, I love potatoes too. Yeah. I love potatoes, especially sweet potatoes. Oh, I love sweet potatoes. Oh my god. I love sweet potatoes. My love for sweet potatoes knows no. But can you believe like sweet potatoes in Brazil? They're different. Are they like purple? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I've heard of that. I've, I've they are. I've never had And they don't eat sweet potato fries in Brazil because they don't have the orange ones there, so. Are they weird with the purple ones? Uh, the purple ones are, like, mushier, mm, sort I of. See, see. A little, like, they're good for, like, mashed potatoes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but not for, like, fried potatoes. Have you ever had cauliflower yeah. mashed potatoes? No, because I absolutely hate cauliflower. Um, <laughs> I don't even like the smell of it. I've never had... I've never- Mm-hmm. As anything, I, would I hate. Them. But then I feel like that's so misleading. Like, don't lie to me. This is not mashed potatoes. It's cauliflower. Have you had a uh, cauliflower rice? I haven't. I haven't had that. But I, I have had. There's this brand of like healthy option frozen meals that make like chicken nuggets out of cauliflower, and they're really good. Ugh. Ugh. I think I'm all set. So thank you, Sam, for being our honorable guest. Please come back soon. Sam is going to be creating her own podcast soon, guys. So stay tuned so you can follow her and show her some love. (laughs) Do you want to say anything? (laughs) I (laughs) thank you. I thank you guys for always, you know, being so great when I'm on here. Um, I A tale of two Mexican things. A tale of two things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See? Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> but if you've never had a Vote for that one, guys. That's out. a perfect. So good. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Well, so I will try some, and then I'll, I'll get back to you guys. Okay. Enough. Ciao. Done. Thank you for listening to another episode of Suspiria, a true crime podcast. 
If you are a creep and enjoy listening to all of the horrible information, please check out our previous episodes and write us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And also follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram as Suspiria Podcast. Facebook is also Suspiria Podcast. If you want to follow Carol, you can follow her at Suspiria Carol. And you can follow me at eu.steph. Note, none of us post anything interesting. We do, actually. If you have any case suggestions, feel free to drop them over at SuspiriaPodcast at gmail.com. Or if you want to be part of this podcast, you can also email us. We promise we won't bite. Ciao! Suspiria